I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 130 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many ways to get in touch, get involved, let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear more of on the show, or... Don't forget to drop in your questions. We always like answering questions here. We have a guest episode every week on a Thursday. This is the weekly recap episode. If you're new here, we are going to be doing some recapitulations and observations from week five, just of the Sunday main slate of games, not going all the way back to Thursday night, because I think a lot of people have a good chance to kind of catch up and think about Thursday night. It's one game, all eyes on it. But man, there's a lot of games happening. Sunday game this week, a lot of games a lot of action, a lot of injuries, a lot of things to catch up on. So the point of this episode is just to give you literal, um, just a quick one, two minutes, you know, max of each game and just kind of some talking points, some things that I've noticed or observed from the games, things that I'm thinking about to help you set up for maybe some trades or just for some kind of dynasty, you know, movement shenanigans if you will so we have a lot to get into there was a lot to discuss and unpack here in week five so let's just jump right into it the main event fight these games are in no particular order so just in case you catch me kind of jumping around all over the place they're just in the order in which i kind of watched them or took notes on them first up i am going to be looking at the cincinnati Bengals. um just barely, barely narrowly losing to the Baltimore Ravens. So not exactly the game that we thought it was going to be 17 to 19 final score. We kind of were hoping for a little bit more of a gun show, but, um, you know, Rashad Bateman missed out on this game. So T Higgins, yeah, unfortunately I played T Higgins in several, um, several leagues because I wasn't aware because he was activated. I thought maybe he would be ready to go. He's one of those guys. He's just such a stud. You would hate to miss out on an elite T Higgins game, but he only played 16% of snaps which was a big ouch for a lot of us um, that played him he was sorely missed Hayden Hurst was really involved seven targets six receptions 53 yards and a touchdown Jamar Chase did have 12 targets but he only managed seven receptions for 50 yards so certainly a little bit concerning there um, so far that from the season from Jamar Chase it looks like I mean they look like their play calling is just not very inspiring at the minute. They really look like they're missing T Higgins. Um, Joe Mixon's fine, but not incredible. Um, it's just, it is what it is. I'm, you know, it's kind of what we thought it might be. I think coming into this season, there might be a little bit of a hangover from getting to the Super Bowl, kind of over excelling last year, over exceeding their expectations. Joe Burrow just hasn't had any boom games really. Um, it just, 
it's just a bit of a mess, but there's not really much you can do. You're not going to sell low on Jamar Chase. He's amazing talent. Um, if you can get a deal on T Higgins by all means, but I doubt you are going to Lamar Jackson had a much more normal game than a blow up game. He only had 12 rush attempts for 58 yards. I thought that the Bengals did a really good job of kind of containing his mobility quite a lot, sending a lot of extra guys rushing after him keeping him in the box the running the running room is what really concerns me from the ravens jk dobbins had eight attempts for 44 yards Kenyon drake had four attempts for 26 yards mike davis even had an attempt <laughs> you know so it's it's just kind of a bit of a mess and i don't know if that's just because jk dobbins is slowly sort of coming back from this injury and they're really trying to be careful with him because he actually it was out snapped by Kenyon drake on this game 42 percent to 40 percent so devin duvernay played 72 percent of snaps right behind demarcus robinson um, Devin DuVernay had a good game he was one of the guys that I called out in my weekly flex article he had seven targets five receptions 54 yards he just missed on a couple of long bombs um, you know Lamar Jackson was a little bit off on some of his deeper deeper targets this game is a bit weird um, Isaiah likely still somebody that I'm interested in inquiring in dynasty he's out there but he's not playing that many snaps not getting that many targets you know tight ends in general are quite slow to progress um, as rookies so that's all really that I have from that game like I say it was a couple couple injuries, a couple of, it was a divisional game. So those games can be a bit messy at times at the best of times. Next up, we're going to touch on the Dallas Cowboys, the four and one Dallas Cowboys, putting it to the Los Angeles Rams, 22 to 10, man, the Rams are honestly, they're just a mess. They're two and three. That's not good. Cam Akers. I mean, the whole, everything about them at the minute, honestly, is a mess. Like it, it just isn't good. You know, Cam Akers, he had the most attempts from the backfield but he only played 31 percent of the snaps and he was awful i mean it's just like there's only about two or three players that you can even start on the rams which seems crazy he had 13 rush uh, acres had 13 rush attempts for 33 yards stafford threw the ball 42 times only had 308 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, Cooper Cup obviously is awesome. 10 targets, seven receptions, 125 yards and a touchdown. Honestly, other than Cooper Cup, it's Tyler Higby. He got 10 targets again. He's, he's absolutely eating this year. Um, the Rams, surprisingly enough, I mean, they were such a low portion of their targets went to the tight end last year. But this year so far through five games, they're throwing to the tight end over 26% of the time, which is top five in the NFL. So Tyler Higby is certainly somebody who looks to be a main part of the offense, such as it is this year, at least as things stand. Allen Robinson looks like the dude is just dust. We're going to have to take an L on that one. The offensive line is terrible. They gave up the most pressures um, this last week. They gave up the most um, hurries. They were literally just Stafford running for his life the entire time. I mean, granted, Dallas does have a very good defensive line, but they're just not good. It's a really bad offensive line. They were the third worst in efficiency um, per PFF for their pass blocking. You know, it's just, it's a bad offensive line. They can't get a run game going. All the targets are basically going to Cooper Cup and Tyler Higbee. <laughs> ben Skoranek is literally out out um, targeting, out snapping like Allen Robinson and stuff like that. It's just not good. On the other side of the ball, Dallas Cowboys. Again, it's super hard to read too much into it because this is under Cooper Rush. He's definitely played a lot better than we thought he would, but he still only he only passed the ball 16 times. He had 100 yards, no touchdowns. I mean, you can't. I mean, CD Lamb had eight targets. He's definitely getting a lot of targets with this Cooper Rush led offense. I want to see that carry over to when Dak takes back over. Again, tails all this time with the running backs. Tony Pollard only had eight attempts for 86 yards and a touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott had 22 attempts for 78 yards. So 
I think we kind of know where these players stand at the moment. Um, Ezekiel Elliott just does not look like himself from old. He still gets the majority of the work, but he's just not that efficient. Tony Pollard certainly looks to be the more efficient, more explosive back. But again, he's just not being utilized the way we would like to see him utilized. So it kind of is a hold and wait and see with these guys. Nobody else really catching the eye at the moment in Dallas. Next up, we're going to touch on the hapless Arizona Cardinals falling victim to the now 5-0 Philadelphia Eagles. It was actually a very close game in the end, came down to a missed field goal. Something I want to highlight, so for me, um, you know, Marquise Brown still keeps being awesome. 10 targets, 8 receptions, 78 yards, and a touchdown, even in a losing effort. I hope you've been able to get some shares of Marquise Hollywood Brown. I think you can still get a discount because I think everyone is sort of just assuming that DeAndre Hopkins comes back next week and Marquise Brown all of a sudden is irrelevant, which I don't think is going to happen. Zach Ertz, 10 targets, six receptions, 48 yards in the gross wasteland that is tight end. You can certainly do a lot worse. Zach Ertz still demanding targets. Guy that I wanted to highlight, though, is Rondale Moore. So. Rondale Moore obviously started out slow, had an injury at the start of the season. We got to see the human Dorch for a few weeks, and that was fun and all. But Rondale Moore is back, and he's getting targets. He had eight targets, and he was very efficient. Seven receptions on eight targets for 68 yards. Now, because he didn't have a touchdown, because it wasn't this amazing big blow-up game, maybe people aren't paying as much attention as they should. Maybe people aren't as excited. Again, if people are feeling like that about Hollywood Brown, I'm sure they're feeling even more so about Rondale Moore. But... Rondale Moore was a guy we were excited about coming out very productive in college. He, he, we've kind of waited for him to um, to kind of get to grips with the NFL a little bit. I'm not a big, if you've listened to this podcast all, you know I'm not a big Cliff Kingsbury fan, but at the same time, playmakers are playmakers. Hopefully, as um, DeAndre Hopkins gets back, the offense gets a little bit more in, in sync. Rondale Moore was playing 91% of the snaps. He was out there a lot. He was running a lot of routes. So it's all kind of signs that we like to see. He was running literally just as many. He ran just as many routes as Zach Ertz, only a couple of routes less than Marquise Brown. He had a really good PFF score um, as far as his offensive receiving grade, things like that. So certainly somebody I would look at potentially just kind of, you know, kicking the tires on, see what's happening, see what the uh, the mood is for the Rondale more manager over on the Philadelphia Eagles side of the ball. It was again, it's, it's sort of like one of those things with Dallas Goddard, you know, not, it was had an absolute amazing game, nine targets, eight receptions, 95 yards, unfortunately didn't get in the end zone, but I think we kind of expected that the Cardinals are terrible against tight ends. So Dallas Goddard is great. You're probably going to start him every week anyways, especially with the tight end wasteland being what it is. This was a Devonta Smith game, so 11 targets, 10 receptions, 87 yards. It is turning into a bit of a frustrating back and forth. It feels like it's either A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith. It doesn't feel like they both have big games. It feels like it's one or the other, so that is becoming a little bit annoying, but Devonta Smith is, is great, and he is probably underrated for what he does bring to the table. Obviously, Jalen Hurts, you're starting him every week. He continues to be good even when he didn't have an amazing blow up game. Um, but other than that, Miles Sanders seems to be the main dude in the backfield at the moment. 15 rush attempts, same as Jalen Hurts, uh, but he did not get the touchdowns. Jalen Hurts got the touchdowns. So yeah, it's kind of really, you want Sanders or, or nobody else in the backfield as far as I'm concerned. I'm not even huge on getting Sanders. If you can get a really good return on him, I'm fine with doing that. Just going to touch on the San Francisco 49ers and the Carolina Panthers. I watched this game back as I try to watch all the games back and sadly I will not get this time of my life back again. It was not fun. The best thing I can say for the Carolina Panthers is that thankfully Matt Rule has been sacked. He is gone so I don't imagine it can get much worse. Hopefully it gets a lot better. Hopefully they free DJ Moore and continue to feed Christian McCaffrey. Actually get some players involved. Baker Mayfield seems to have suffered some sort of high ankle sprain so it could be 
could be the PJ Walker show for the next couple of weeks. But again, I don't even know how much of a downgrade that really is. I mean, look, on the 49ers side, let me just say, I get that people, I get it. I get that people want pieces of the 49ers offense, that they're super explosive. But my literal argument to you is Tevin freaking Coleman. Tevin freaking Coleman. The dude was on the street a couple of weeks ago. All of a sudden gets picked up on the practice squad. All of a sudden gets elevated. All of a sudden RB nine this week, barring Monday night football with 21.7 fantasy points. He only had eight rush attempts for 23 yards, but he had a touchdown and he also had a touchdown through the air. Of course he did. So my question to you is when are you ever going to know who to start and when are you going to start them? Tevin Coleman was only on the field 28% of snaps. It it's not right, people. So I just, I I am D-U-N done with this team with, with, I'm just done with the shenanigans. Jeff Wilson was on the field 58% of the time. He had a much better game than, you know, he has been having. So he was a solid start. But again, you'd rather have started Tevin Coleman. But who had the guts to start Tevin Coleman unless you were absolutely crazy or desperate beyond belief? Debo Samuel had a fairly disappointing game. Brendan Ayuk had a fairly disappointing game. George Kittle had a fairly disappointing game. Um, I think that's going to be the theme of things with Jimmy G in charge. He is not the long-term answer, I don't believe. I, honestly, watching this game, I was just like, there's so many turnover-worthy plays. He thankfully didn't have any interceptions. He could have easily had two or three interceptions. I'm just not high on any of these pieces here. I, it's always going to be somebody different. It could be John Jennings. It can be Tevin Coleman. It could be Kyle Juszczyk. It's just... It's just, it is what it is. And honestly, anytime they have a big boost game, I'm personally fine if you're trying to sell high. I don't really want to be anything with Kyle Shanahan. I don't want anything to do with it. Going to hit on a wild ride. The Tennessee Titans narrowly edging out the Washington Commanders 21 to 17. On the side of Tennessee, I think it's a pretty narrow tree of players that you're interested in for your teams. In a super flex, Ryan Tannehill, he, you could do worse than to have him as a QB2. Um, Derrick Henry got 28 rush attempts. I mean, that is, you can't ask for better than that from your running back. He had 102 yards, two touchdowns, and really interesting little stat. Anytime Derrick Henry is over 100 yards rushing the titans are 23 and 3 i feel like that's a positive for the titans they know who they are they have an identity in the midst of all this like rubbish uh playing so far this year and a lot of teams trying to find out who they are i feel like at least the titans know who they are they're just trying to work on that and become more efficient in it um when Henry is playing well when he's healthy. You know, they they know how to play off the play action. They know how to get the ball moving and do what they need to do to get the ball, you know, to get the ball in the end zone. They're not, they don't get overly cute. You know, they get in the five yard line, they give the ball to the big dog and let him run it in. Other than that, I mean, honestly, Robert Woods, again, had eight targets. You love to see that. Only four receptions for 37 yards. It's a low pass volume offense. Tannehill only threw the ball 25 times. But if you're a contender and you're desperate for wide receiver help, Robert Woods could be a, a sneaky buy low kind of, I don't want to say buy low. He's not somebody you're like going to build around for the long term. But if you need help, he could be somebody, you know, if you're, you, you've been putting out like Allen Robinson or something, you know, it could be somebody that you could look to try and pivot to, um, you know, Robert Woods to get, a, you know, Robert Woods for Allen Robinson and a third or something like that, just to try and get a cheap acquisition to help you out. Other than that, Chica Conquo had a couple of um, passes, you know, had a couple of targets that got called back because of penalties, things like that. Still somebody worth stashing, but you're not going to be starting him anytime soon. On the commander side of the ball, a couple of points. Brian Robinson just back from getting shot like six weeks ago. Amazing human interest story. But literally, they only rushed the ball. 
12 times that wasn't Carson Wentz. Rob Robinson had nine of those attempts. Like Gibson only had three rushing attempts. So this talk and this idea that maybe when Brian Robinson came back, he was going to supplant Gibson seems to have already happened. Now, because he didn't have a big stat line, nine attempts or 22 yards, you might be able to swoop in and get a deal if you're struggling in the running back room. I think they're going to be leaning on Brian Robinson. I think brighter days are ahead. Saying that the offensive line is garbage. It is hot garbage. They were just letting the Titans run at Carson Wentz. It felt like most of this game. He managed to ball out though. 359 yards, two touchdowns and interception. I feel like this season is going to be good for fantasy in some sense, not good for real NFL. I don't know that Carson Wentz is going to be the whole starter the whole season or that he's going to be there next year. I don't know that Rivera is going to be there next year. I mean, I can't imagine another disappointing year and they just turn their heads. Once again, Curtis Samuel led the team in targets. Deami Brown had a massive game, but he only played like 20 or 30% of snaps. Not somebody I'm looking to invest in. If you have him sitting around on your taxi squad still or on your bench and you can flip him for anything decent or you can add him to a third and get a second I'd be more than happy to do so because Jahan Dotson is the guy that I really want to invest in and Brian Robinson in the shorter term if you need running back help going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons barely losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the most egregious roughing the passer call I've ever seen in my entire life but you know what TB12 gets those kind of calls every now and then so it was a really really weird game the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sort of rushed out to an early lead looked like they were just going to manhandle this game and to their credit the Falcons did fight back I do want to say Arthur Smith is quickly becoming one of the most frustrating coaches in the NFL we all know that Kyle Pitts has been woefully under-targeted and underutilized so far this season. Kyle Pitts has missed this week because of an injury. So we're thinking, right, Drake London's show, right? He's going to get like 100 targets. He got seven targets. I mean, he barely out-targeted Cardero Hodge. Like, what is that all about? You have an absolute stud wide receiver you took in the first round, in the top like 10 or 12 picks of the first round, and you're only letting him play 67% of snaps? Like... I don't understand Arthur Smith. He infuriates me. He only ran 23 routes, Drake Drake London, and Olamide Zacchaeus ran 27 routes. Like, what are you doing? Now, don't get me wrong. I love Drake London. I love the talent. I still think, if anything, I think he's a buy. If people are getting frustrated and pissed off with the performance and with the usage, he's a really talented guy. He was my very narrow wide receiver to pretty much neck and neck with Garrett Wilson. I think he's an absolute stud. So still get him because I don't know how long, you know, I, I just imagine that they're going to get it figured out sooner or later. Either Arthur Smith's going to get sacked or something's going to happen. Drake London is too good of a guy to keep down. Um, at the, the backfield now, Cordero Patterson is out of the picture. is just a bit of a mess. Tyler Algier led the way with 13 attempts for 45 yards. So not much there. And of course, um, Williams got the touchdown because nobody was <laughs> rostering him pretty much. Caleb Huntley had a, eight attempts as well so they're kind of splitting it two or three ways obviously if any of these guys are on your waiver wire you probably want to pick them up because you never know with running back attrition and just with the ability and the chance to maybe flip them for some profit that's how you win in the off in during the season picking up these guys on the waiver wires flipping them for thirds and seconds and things like that when everyone's desperate and making those push for the playoffs on the buck side of the ball Leonard Fournette had 14 rush attempts for 56 yards and a touchdown but listen to this this is what I love he had 11 targets 10 receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown one of my bold predictions was that Leonard Fournette would be a top five running back this season uh, and so far through five weeks he is the RB6 now obviously we still have a long ways to go but the reason I made that bold prediction is because of things like this I assumed and I think I was right so far Tom Brady loves checking down this is like James White all over again, um, you know, but 
he is actually a decent rusher. He's not amazing, but Fournette can get it done on the ground. They're a high-powered offense. There's multiple times where Mike Evans catches the ball and gets tackled at the three-yard line, and guess who's going to get the goal line rush? Leonard Fournette could still be the best buy as far as a contender because I feel like he's just undervalued. Nobody really wants him. Everyone's more excited about Rashad White. Rashad White is getting more involved. He had five attempts for 14 yards, so he is certainly looking like somebody that's you know worth having in Dynasty. Kate Otten as well. Do you want to give him a shout out? Seven targets, six receptions, 43 um, yards. He certainly had a breakout game here. He played 94% of the snaps. Certainly look on your waiver wires. I like Kate Otten coming out. I'd expected it to take a little bit of time, especially with them getting some of these veteran tight ends in, in but like they haven't been doing anything. And it looks like, you know, they've gave, gave Kate Otten a chance and he really blew up. So certainly have a look at your waiver wires, see if you can find him, especially in any sort of tight end premium leagues. Time to talk about the potential game of the week. None other than the Seattle Seahawks and the New Orleans Saints. Not the game that we wanted, but certainly the game that we needed. Now, having said that, I will say Taysom Hill, super freaking annoying. Three rushing touchdowns. Um, absolutely vulturing Andy Dalton's value, Alvin Kamara's value, Chris Olave's value. <laughs> like, what an absolute bum. Annoys the life out of me. But what can you do? On the Seahawks side, I do, I just want to hands up. I owe a huge apology to Geno Smith. He is basically one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Apparently, I did not know this. I woefully underestimated him. He is the number one ranked offensive and passing QB per PFF for week five. Put on an absolute show. Um, some absolutely amazing amazing throws that he made to DK Metcalf, um, to Will Disley, to Tyler Lockett. I mean, everybody was just getting a piece of the pie. Um, sadly, Rashad Penny did get injured. Looks like it's pretty serious. He's probably out for the season. Um, so yeah, it does seem to be Kenneth Walker, the third season. He had a really nice long 69 yard run noise with a, for a touchdown. Hopefully you were able to buy low on him. I've been telling you these last couple of weeks to buy low on Kenneth Walker, the third. Hopefully you listen because now it is going to be too expensive but i would still ask ask the question you never know people are crazy some people just think oh it's not going to be a good offense they're two and three yeah sure i'll sell high and their their idea of selling high is like a 23 second who knows just ask the question you never know what the answer might be but yeah i would say at this stage Geno smith looks like a superstar i don't know how long it's going to last but for now tyler lockett dk metcalf seem like every week starters um you can throw will disley in there at times you know it's not pretty but he does seem to utilize the tight end a lot at this point on the Saints side chris alave is an absolute stud he did get like pretty much knocked out it was really scary if you didn't see it he caught this touchdown and literally just got knocked out like he looked unconscious as he hit the ground but he still managed to hold on for the touchdown absolute dog chris olave i think one of my bold predictions was that he was going to lead the rookie wide receivers i'll have to go back and check the tape on this one but i believe my bull prediction was chris olave was going to lead the rookie wide receivers for fantasy points certainly looks to be the case so far he, even though he left the game with a potential concussion or concussion protocol he still had Four receptions on six targets for 54 yards and a touchdown. Honestly, he's a stud. If you can trade for him still, you should. Um, Alvin Kamara came back, looked great. 23 attempts, 103 yards. Love to see it. Absolute stud. Not going to spend too much more time on that game because I do want to talk about the London game. Obviously, me as a Vikings fan, I love to see the Green Bay Packers lose at any time, but especially when they're losing to the New York Giants, who are starting guys that you've never even heard of in the wide receiver core. It was a game for the ages. Saquon Barkley is 
an absolute dog. I mean, he is back in black. He is amazing. I think it's too late to buy him for anything other than like two firsts or something probably. Uh, but yeah, he's awesome. Daniel Jones, man, salute, absolute just hats off to this guy. He came in with a bum ankle from the week before. Blood dripping down his hands and arms as he's getting beat up and knocked around. Throw into guys like Daniel Bellinger, Richie James, Matt Burita, Davis Sills, and still managed to pull out the victory here. Love to see it. Well done, Daddy Dimes. The man deserves better. Horrible offensive line. No receiving core. Darius Slayton. We had a Darius Slayton sighting. I love Darius Slayton. I've been a big Darius Slayton guy ever since he was a rookie, but he's been just absolutely buried the last year or two. I thought his time was just dead and gone, but he had seven targets, six receptions, 79 yards. Dude looked awesome, um, you know, considering what they have to work with. With the, the state of the wide receiver core, I mean, I would certainly check your waiver wires. I know it sounds weird, but I wouldn't be surprised, if some, especially some of those like shallower leagues if Darius Slayton is on the waiver wire. He only played 54% of the snaps, but he looked good. He certainly um, was able to come up with some big plays there for the G-men. And with Wandale Robinson being injured, with Kadarius Tony like never, ever being able to play a game, certainly look to uh, pick, pick him up. Just see if you can find him on the waiver wire or just see if you can get a really cheap deal. Maybe he could be somebody that they rely on in the next few weeks. On the Green Bay side of it, man, it was a weird game. I expected them to lean really heavily on the running game since they have such talented running backs. They did not do that. Aaron Jones only had 13 attempts dylan only had six attempts Aaron rogers threw the ball 39 times randall cobb had 13 targets i can't imagine that goes on all season i mean randall cobb is what 47 years old um alan lazard had eight targets dubs um dobbs sorry had five targets so it's certainly it's it's a, it's a tough time for us christian watson truthers believers he left with a hamstring injury so it's going to be a slow burn i think unfortunately with him if if he even does come into something aj Dillon, man 32 percent of the snaps obviously he was game scripted out a little bit but that's not good that's not what people were hoping for and expecting um aaron jones is still just so stinking talented i do think dobbs Obviously, he was out there quite a lot. He was out there 86% of the snaps. Lazard was out there 94% of the snaps. I just think it was a Randall Cobb game. I wouldn't read too much into it. Again, as with all these players, anytime someone has a big week, you really do want to try and scoop them up if they're on their waiver wires, if it's a shallower league or something like that, just because of the flippability. People are desperate this time of year. So many injuries. You never know. If you can pick up you know, Randall Cobb and flip him for a 23 third, that's still good business. Just a couple of quick thoughts on the Dolphins-Jets game. It was a weird game. Let's not read too much into it. Um, the Dolphins were starting Teddy Bridgewater. He got beat up on literally, I believe it was the first drive of the game. Um, it was down to Skylar Thompson. So I will say about Skylar Thompson, if you're in a super flex dynasty league and he's on the waiver wires, I would pick him up. General rule of thumb is anytime a quarterback's injured and the backup comes in, just pick him up because like we've talked about multiple times, flippability, even if you get a third for him or you can package him together with some other piece and get a second or something like that still money in the bank um Tyreek Hill was on the field for less snaps and ran less routes than Jalen Waddle but still had more targets I find that really interesting it tells me that Tua just has a really nice connection with Jalen Waddle because Jalen Waddle only had three targets three receptions whereas Tyreek Hill had seven targets and seven receptions but actually when you look at like how many routes how much snap like Tyreek Hill was only on their 64 percent um Waddle was on 76 percent of the snaps 
maps, um, waddle around more routes. So I think there's some sort of a really good, nice connection there with Tua, which is nice to see, especially for your Jalen Waddle shares. Um, if you are able to get any sort of deal or discount on him, even if it's just a little bit of one, uh, I would certainly do that because I love Jalen Waddle. I have high hopes for him. He's inside my top 12, easily top 12 dynasty wide receivers. Raheem Mostert seems to be the dude there as long as he stays healthy. How long he stays healthy? That's anyone's guess. On the Jets side, I hope you were able to, I hope you listened to me. I mean, I told you for the last couple of weeks now, buy low on Kenneth Walker, buy low on Brees Hall. Brees Hall has arrived, 18 attempts, 97 yards, and a touchdown. He had a couple of touchdowns vultured away from him. He could have had an absolutely obscenely monstrous game. He also had two receptions for 100 yards. I mean, the dude is an absolute stud. I hope you were able to buy low on him. Um, obviously, Elijah Moore, um, Garrett Wilson, very frustrating games. You know, Zach Wilson did look pretty good. Again, I, like I said last week, I, I'm pretty encouraged about Zach Wilson in general. You know, he he actually graded out really well as far as, you know, he was, I believe, number three on the week by PFF grades um, for offensive, you know, just for offensive, like actual scoring. And I believe he was like fourth for their passing grade. So he looked pretty well. But again, let's not read too much into it. Let's not panic too much. Let's not read too much into it it was a third string quarterback um but yeah still good performance for the jets positive all around other than for the pass catchers but we'll have to wait and see till they play some you know competitive games against teams that are able to score against their defense one of the really interesting games of the week as far as just storylines and stuff was the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills absolutely beat the brakes off the Steelers 38 to 3. I mean, it was an absolute bloodbath. But on the plus side, I did like I, I liked a lot of what I saw from Kenny Pickett, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, he still threw he threw the ball 52 times, threw for over 300 yards, um, didn't get any touchdowns. He only had, you know, one interception. So that wasn't it wasn't a bad outing, especially if you consider how good the the Buffalo Bills are. I mean, they definitely seem like to me the best team in the NFL at the moment, at least top three. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, Kenny Pickett's a lot better than I thought as far as just this first game. You know, it's it is a first game. We're not going to read too much into it, but it was certainly encouraging to see. Um, you know, he was aggressive at times, but not overly aggressive, pushing the ball down the field. I would be, I'm very concerned about Najee Harris. If you have Najee Harris, I want you to try and sell him as best you can. I don't want you to take like just a 23 second for him, but man, try and cash out if you can. People are still buying. I was in a league last week where I believe he went for like um, a first, 23 first and Damian Harris. Man, I would love to do that deal all day, every day. He only played 49% of the snaps. Jalen Warren played 51% of the snaps. So Warren actually played more snaps than him. Warren was more efficient than him. Five attempts for 24 yards versus Harris's 11 attempts for 20 yards. It is a terrible offensive line. Najee Harris has just never been an explosive kind of um, speedy back. He's he's just, I, he can't overcome this terrible offensive line. I certainly want to get out from under him when I can, if I can. George Pickens looks like an absolute stud. Eight targets, six receptions, 83 yards. Deontay Johnson still got 13 targets, had a couple of, you know, just miscues there with Kenny Pickett. I think after a couple of weeks of practice, he's obviously still commanding a huge amount of target share. I'm still more than happy to buy low on him if you can. Chase Claypool interestingly had nine targets as well. I'm not as high on Claypool Pickens and Deontay Johnson for me personally on the bill side of it. 
love to see, um, love, love, love to see Khalil Shakir get out there, get some action, had a couple of big receptions, a touchdown. Love to see that. If he's on your waiver wires, please grab him up. If someone really seriously undervalues him and thinks it was just because Isaiah McKenzie was injured and just because, you know, Jameson Crowder, I would certainly take advantage of that and try to um, work out some sort of deal. I personally really believe in Khalil Shakir. He was immensely productive in college out of Boise State. He's a really interesting player, kind of like a poor man's Debo Samuel can be used out of the backfield, jet sweeps out wide in the slot. I really like him. I think that the smart coaching staff in the Buffalo Bills can use him a lot. It was awesome to see um, James Cook finally get a little bit of run. Yes, it was in a blowout win, but he got a couple of rushes there, looked good, got a touchdown, got in the end zone. That's only going to be good for his confidence. I'm still holding on to James Cook, and if I can get a really good deal on him, I'm still interested in buying low. A really, really fun game if you're not like a fan of either team this week was the los angeles chargers against the cleveland browns went right down to the wire 30 to 28 the chargers almost charged it right at the very end but they managed to hang on thankfully uh for a win so chargers man austin eckler looks awesome 16 attempts 173 yards and a touchdown still looks like the dude there now interestingly saying that um kelly got a good bit of run this week 10 attempts for 49 yards and a touchdown certainly if he's on your waiver wire certainly pick him up um, again, I keep saying that, but I just never want to not mention it in case you play in a league that's shallower or something and he is there and I didn't mention it. Um, Herbert had a fairly quiet game for them scoring so much and putting up so many points and stuff. He only had 228 yards and a touchdown, but he's an absolute stud. Not worried about him in the slightest. This is my case in point with Josh Palmer. I hope you've listened. I hope you're trying to sell high on him. He... He, I mean, this is, again, one of his last maybe big opportunities. We're hoping that Keenan Allen is back next week. Dude was out there literally 73% of the snaps to Mike Williams, 85%. So almost the same amount ran the exact same amount of routes as Mike Williams. But yet when you look at the scores, you look at the, the actual breakdown, Mike Williams, 13 targets, 10 receptions, 134 yards. Um, Josh Palmer, six targets, three receptions, 24 yards. I just don't think you're ever, I don't think Josh Palmer is him. I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to demand double digit targets and be this awesome dude. If you can sell high, just keep Keep throwing those darts until you can get somebody that's an absolute stud. On the Brown side, Nick Chubb is, he is just, he is a smooth criminal. He is a cool dude. 17 attempts, 134 yards and two touchdowns. We're getting to that time of the year now. We've got four or five, six games in the bag of a sample size where we can start to pin play, you know, play, pin teams down a little bit. We know that the Chargers have a pretty bad run defense. We knew that Nick Chubb was going to have a good game. He did. Kareem Hunt had a good game as well. 11 attempts for 47 yards and a touchdown. David Njoku, another solid performance, 6 for 6, 88 yards. Amari Cooper, man, he absolutely sucked last week. Comes out this week, 12 targets, 7 receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown. I think he's just going to be one of those guys for now. You're just going to have to plug your nose and play. Hopefully as a flex option, and he's going to have some stinkers, but he's going to put up some big yards. Going to be interesting to see once Deshaun Watson gets back in the fold as well. Okay, so do need to talk about the, this game. The Houston Texans-Jacksonville Jaguars, weird game, 13-6 to 6 final score. First of all, Damien Pierce, dude is a dog, like 26 rush attempts, 99 yards and a touchdown. I mean, five targets as well. Three receptions, 14 yards. Dude's every, I mean, this is the stuff dreams are made of people. I'm trying my best not to fall in love here because I know, I know he's low draft capital, bad team, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, he, the way his performance is going right now, honestly, like, if I'm going to just flip him, I want probably a first. I want a first um, because dude is just balling out week after week. Jacksonville Jaguars have a good defense and he still put up monster numbers. He absolutely looks the real deal. Now, having said that, Davis Mills, 
I've gone on record as saying I really like Davis Mills. I was all aboard the Davis Mills hype train, getting low on him. He hasn't taken that step forward that we wanted to see. He only had 140 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He's just very blah this year so far. He's not had any big games. He's not been able to take advantage. Now, I understand he doesn't have the best supporting cast, but it doesn't matter. This is a this is a business that bases on performance. Like they don't give you all these excuses and you know chances. So for me in Dynasty, I'm I'm probably looking to cash out if I can. You probably want to see if you can maybe get a bigger game in the next week or two to maybe maximize that value. But if someone's desperate for quarterback and it's a super flex league, I'm probably looking to cash out. I've already talked about Nico Collins, same sort of category as Josh Palmer for me. Six targets, four receptions, 65 yards fine but it's not going to save the day it's not going to like you know just win you a championship or anything like that on the jacksonville side of it travis Etienne had a bit of a coming out party 10 attempts for 71 yards he also had five targets three receptions 43 yards I really liked Travis Etienne this year to break out, to have a great year. Let's not forget this is basically his rookie year. I still am all aboard if you can buy low on him. Zay Jones, eight targets, but only three receptions for 12 yards. Everyone kind of struggled. Um, Evan Ingram had 10 targets. It's just a bit of a mess at the minute. It's hard to figure out this offense and exactly what's going to happen, um, how they're going to perform You know, moving forward. You know, Trevor Lawrence threw the ball 47 times, but he only had um, 286 yards, zero touchdowns and two interceptions. So I feel like his confidence got really knocked against the Eagles. He didn't have the bounce back game that I was hoping for. He did throw the ball almost 50 times. You love to see that for fantasy. But yeah, I'm still bored getting low on uh, buying low on Trevor Lawrence if he can. But I'm certainly a little bit skeptical of like where all these pieces are going to shake out. It's nice to see Zay Jones getting eight targets. It's nice to see Evan Ingram getting 10 targets. But again, are these pieces that you're going to want to build around? Really for me, it's Travis Etienne, maybe James Robinson, depending on the price. Zay Jones is a really cheap cheap kind of buy and I kind of highlighted before the season Christian Kirk was the kind of guy for me that like if he had a couple of really great games and was really performing well I'd love to like sell high so I think if you can sell high on Christian Kirk I'm probably fine doing that personally myself but that's just because I don't believe in him as like a top tier talent just me personally and last but not least we are going to discuss very briefly my Minnesota Vikings taking care of business against the Chicago Bears very barely 29 to 22 now I will say I'm not a homer I do think we are an absolutely fraudulent four and one I think we probably should have lost at least two if not three games so far I'm not convinced I think our defense is pretty bad gives up a lot of big plays our offense I'm not convinced of either um, Dalvin Cook had a great game because he got in the end zone twice uh, he did still get 18 rush attempts they are using Madison more this year nine attempts but only 19 yards Kirk Cousins started out amazing i think he was like 18 for 19 at the start of the game but he finished 32 41 296 one and one justin jefferson man what a stud 13 targets 12 receptions 154 yards no touchdowns sadly but yeah irv smith is getting more involved than i thought he would be this year but still not somebody i'm really excited to build around or plan on big big things for for the future they're getting johnny munt involved a little bit they got jalen rager a touchdown um shockingly kj osborne at least was involved this week five for five 41 yards so that's nice to see but again not somebody you're really wanting to plan on 
I want to say on the Chicago Bears side, I really was impressed. I thought there was a step forward to you know this game. I thought Justin Fields played really well. He had an amazing run for a touchdown that was called back because of penalty. Still had eight rushing attempts for 47 yards. Um, as crazy as it sounds, as bad as it's been for the start of the year, I, I still believe in Justin Fields' talent. I still think he's worth going and buying low on in Superflex if you can. He had 208 yards, a touchdown, and that's only on throwing the ball 21 times. I think surely this i'm really hoping this coaching staff starts letting him throw the ball at least 30 times come on that's not asking much 30 times a game darnell mooney had a couple of worldly catches um absolutely heartbreaking the way they've been using him this year but at least he had a couple of catches couple of targets 52 yards um but yeah that that's kind of my take on it i think justin fields is definitely still a talented guy who, um, you know, there's room to grow in. He's still got a long ways to go. Don't get me wrong. He was very high in his, you know, turnover worthy plays, things like that. But the offensive line is so bad there. They were top 10 in like pressures allowed um, and, and, and hurries allowed. And also they were bottom 10 in efficiency in week five. So it's hard. It's a bad offensive line. He doesn't have a great supporting cast, but I still believe in the talent. Um, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not sold on us as serious hardcore contenders yet, but it's good. I guess that we're winning even while playing ugly, but there you have it folks. That is the week five recap in the books. Sorry. I went a little bit long. There was a lot to talk about. Uh, things are starting to take shape. I think for this season, we're starting to get a feel for where things are going. It's not been pretty. It's not been a lot of fun in some senses. A lot of injuries, a lot of crazy bad play, but there we go. We're starting to get there. Hopefully you've enjoyed that. Don't forget to call uh, follow up later in the week. Thursday episode gets you ready for week six. There's going to be some bye weeks this week. I almost forgot about them. It's been such a crazy year and yeah, be a friend, tell a friend. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. We'll speak to you again soon. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate.